Welcome to the Eclectic Readers Podcast. In this episode, we'll be discussing February's pick, the graphic novel March, books one through three by John Lewis. I'm Jeanette. I'm Tara. And I'm Meredith. So earlier this month, we discussed diversity in publishing. So make sure you go back and check out our um, episode earlier episode. That's number 75 for that conversation. Now we're going to just jump into this month's book club discussion. Take it away, Mayor. <laughs> okay. So this month we read March books one through three by John Lewis. So this is actually a graphic novel memoir series by U.S. Congressman John Lewis. He was also a civil rights activist. So some of you, I know we have a lot of international listeners too, might be asking, well, who is John Lewis? <laughs> well, he was born in 1940 and he has served in the U.S. House of Representatives since 1987 for Georgia's 5th Congressional District and is the dean Woo! yeah, <laughs> Tara's district. Georgia! Yeah. <laughs> and he's also the dean of the Georgia Congressional Delegation. So in his younger years, he was very involved in the civil rights movement here in the United States. And this is uh, a set of books that he wrote his uh, kind of his uh, his life, you know. Um, so what what did you ladies know about these books before you read them? Honestly, I didn't know I, that much. Um, yeah. I, I mean, I knew it was about the civil rights movement. I knew it was about John Lewis. John Lewis was a name that... Like it was familiar, but not familiar kind of name. Like I didn't, I had didn't really know anything about him mm-hmm. beforehand. And then, like when I picked up the books and started learning more about the book, I was like, oh, I'm like this is somebody I didn't know, but I should have known. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. So I I obviously know who John Lewis is. Um, you can't live in Atlanta and not know who <laughs> John Lewis is. Um, but so I knew it was about his life. Um, I knew he was a phenomenal man and had a phenomenal uh, part to play in the civil rights movement. I knew these were critically acclaimed and that the art was supposed to be phenomenal. Mm-hmm. And that's yeah. pretty much it. It's been on my list for a really long time. So I was, I was glad that we picked this up. Yeah. I, I'm right there with you. I didn't know a whole lot, but I do remember it was when the third book came out, he was at the National Book Festival that year, and everybody was, like, freaking out, and I'm like, who is this? What is this book? You know, what's this, what is happening? Yeah. And then, what, a month or two later, he won the National Book Award, I believe, mm-hmm. for the third book, which was a huge deal because a graphic novel winning that award was, like, big news, and so that kind of put it on my radar again. I was like, okay, I need to read these books (laughs) yeah yeah so what's one thing that stood out to you within this three book series so I think we're going to talk a lot about the art and the violence and Mm -hmm. all of that so and I think that probably stood out to all of us Mm -hmm. um as rightfully it should it was um shocking uh, at times and unbelievable at times and just really phenomenally done I thought uh, but I'm going to lay that aside and, and pick something a little bit more personal for this question. Um, so this, the novel is, it, it takes place in two times, right? It takes place with John Lewis looking back and it takes place the day of Barack Obama's inauguration. Mm-hmm. And I was actually in the crowd during Barack Obama's inauguration that mm-hmm. morning. And um, John Lewis is constantly talking about how cold it is. And they're, they're, they're bringing out it hand was so warmers. Cold. It was 
freezing that day. It was the coldest day I think I've ever experienced in Washington, D.C. I had a blanket wrapped around me and my roommate, and we were huddled together. I remember on, seeing those pictures. Yeah. Yeah. On the lawn, watching and watching Aretha Franklin and watching the whole prep. And it, it really, it just hit me like how, re- how real that was, how important that day was, how, you know, it wasn't a perfect day. You know, mm-hmm. it was, mm-hmm. it was cold. It was freezing, but we were all there. It was just such a, you can feel how important it was to John Lewis, and it reminded me of how awe-inspiring that day was for me as well. Yeah, and, um, and I think that really comes off on the page. Yeah, I bet the energy in that crowd, even though it was so cold, must have just been amazing. Oh my god, it was phenomenal, phenomenal. Ugh. Yeah, I, I, I almost want to cry now thinking about it. It really was a huh. phenomenal day. Yeah, and again, like what I'm thinking, we'll we'll get into later, but like. As I was reading, it was just like, wow, I don't know a lot about the civil rights movement. Yeah. Um, see, something that stood out to me was also something that was a little bit personal. Um, but it was the commitment to uh, – it was their commitment to love and nonviolence. Which mm-hmm. to me, like when you are trying to, you know – when you're trying to make a change to me, like making changes with love, out of love, for love, like it just, that's so important. And the the fact that they kept saying, we're doing this, you know, we have to love the heck out of these people, even though they're right. beating us. And we yeah. have to, we have to do this as nonviolently as possible. Like to me, that was so inspiring and personally touching and mm-hmm. And I, I think what was phenomenal, really, about that was how they, I mean, they had to really train it into themselves, right? And they right. were dedicated to training it into themselves because it is within our baser selves to react to something when something horrible happens to us, yeah. right? Somebody right. spits on you and you react because you get angry. And that's that's human, but it's also not productive. Right. And, it, yeah. and yeah. so when, when I was... Um, you know, when I was engaged to my husband, like one of the things like we, you know, did some marriage prep. And one of the things that like one of the statements that stood out to me when we were doing like our marriage prep was we went to this retreat and somebody was like, look, love is a choice some days. Like some days oh, you yeah. just got to choose to love. And like there's going to be good days. There's going to be bad days in your marriage. And love is the choice. Right. And that was kind of what stood out to me here is that when you're training somebody like that, it's you're reminding them that, yes, you're going to feel angry, but you can make the other choice. You can make the choice to react with right. love, to react mm-hmm. with peace. And like the fact that everybody was like, but no, we have to do other things. And John Lewis is like, nope, this is what we're going to do. Yeah, like, exactly. And that that hit me pretty hard in book one, like seeing all the different uh Tara, what do they call them? Like the little blocks of images. Is there a special panels. word for that? Panels. panels. That was the word I was I lost. <laughs> the, the, the the panels um, where yeah they were they were in a classroom like yelling slurs at each other and spitting on each other and like pouring water on each other like to get used to this is something that could really be happening in real life mm-hmm. and right. and learning how to yeah have have the nonviolent 
passive resistance where like they're still standing up for what they believe is right, but doing so in a nonviolent way. And, and what, like how they said, like, keep eye contact with your attacker, keep talking right. to them, make Humanize sure that you yourself. stay, hu- exactly. Make sure you yeah. stay human in their eyes. Yeah. Uh, oh yeah. It was, the, yeah. That, that was, that was also tough to just watch even in panels. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, even though it was just illustrations. Um, all right. So before we jump into like, more like specific book stuff. Um, what, how much did you know about the civil rights movement before reading these books? And, and do you re- remember any specifics about what you learned in school? So I think I learned a lot about the desegregation movement, mm-hmm. right? And to me, that was synonymous with the civil rights movement. Yeah. And, that really cuts out a huge portion of it. Like I knew about the freedom riders, obviously I knew about Rosa Parks. Um, I knew about the marches. I did know about the violence um, and the poor and, and, and the girls uh, in the church. I did know about that. I didn't know about the voting thing. That's yeah. The, the voting rights and how hard it was for, um, African-Americans to get the vote that I didn't know. And I honestly feel after reading this, that that was very purposeful because we're still dealing with those challenges mm-hmm. in voter suppression today. Um, and yeah, I, I, I feel a little bit lied to. I'm not even going to lie about that. Like, yeah. I feel a little bit lied by omission. Um, but I, I didn't, they- yeah, it did learn a, a good amount of it. I think. I agree. I I think there was a there was a a story they wanted to tell, and it right. wasn't the whole story. Um, right. Yeah, definitely. I think for same for me, it was really about the desegregation and yeah, the March on Washington. I'm not even sure if I knew much about the Freedom Riders. Like I know the term, but I don't know if we even studied that whole portion of it either. Our big thing was because I'm from Greensboro. So our big thing was the first sit-in at Woolworths was in our city, you know, feather in our cap. Yeah, we, we like really kicked off the civil rights movement. And so like it was more like, yay, we got these things done than like, <laughs> oh, all these horrible things also happened. <laughs> we're going to ignore the, the bad things we did before those things got done. <laughs> right. Or the bad things that were done during that During process. it, exactly. I don't know yeah, if – Trying and, and to I know, literally like, some of it is exterminate like, people. Right. Yeah, I was considering that like the before the desegregation happened. But yeah, you're Mm -hmm. right. It's all part of the process. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I think I've got an interesting experience of school because I was thinking about it and I didn't take American history in high school because I didn't go to high school in the U.S. Mm -hmm. Um, So my only experience learning about the civil rights movement was in elementary and middle school. And so I know, I knew about Martin Luther King. I knew about Rosa Parks. I knew a bit about desegregation. Um, I can't remember learning about the Freedom Riders specifically. Um, I know we talked about the Voting Rights Act, at least in passing. But I also remember, like, I don't think that the holes that I have in my education, like, I don't think in my case that it was consciously done. Because mm-hmm. I remember mm-hmm. all of this being at the very end of the school year. And, like, it was, it was 
So being a teacher, I know how this happens. It was one of those things where it's like you start off the year and you have your plan for how you're going to teach these units of the year. And like the first few units, everything is at the beginning of the school year. Everything's going well. And you get really in-depth in those units. And as you go on, things come up. Some lessons take longer. And you run out of time for everything that's at the end of the year. Because I think that I am missing – I have huge gaps in my knowledge from World War I on. Like basically all of my history holes come in the 20th century. And I wonder – I wonder what I would have learned if I had gone to high school here because I was like, where would I, I like, it's a shame that those holes exist, honestly. I mean, well, I, I wonder if that's on purpose. I'm not going to lie because I think talking about modern history is very complicated for us. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, it's it not as removed, you know, there's no clean victors. There's no clean winners. Uh, it's, like some of it's those ha- teachers lived through, through the it. civil it's rights hard, It's a hard discussion to have. And I think because of that, it gets, at least our history books, a little bit like, well, here are the base facts that aren't going to offend anybody. Mm-hmm. Yay. Move on. Right. Um, yeah. Like I said, I don't know about that from a high school perspective. From, I know from the middle school perspective. And I can easily see what happened. It was everything from like 1900 on was yeah. like well, we're going to take kids, say, all of this in like a, a week like <laughs> I would say from a high school perspective it was the same though I mean I don't know about you Tara but like I took AP American history in high school yep. and I feel like it pretty much stopped after World War II you know like so, yeah we, we probably did talk a little bit about the civil rights but like I can't tell you pretty much anything about the Vietnam War or the Korean War or like any of these other things that happened right and that's World what I, yeah, I'm wondering I like you I know we didn't cover about the Korean War I, I know we didn't cover the Korean War in depth, and that's why I'm like, I really feel like I missed out on stuff not getting the high school version. So, well, I think we all missed out, uh, and yes. we're having to <laughs> reeducate ourselves now as adults. <laughs> uh, so, what did you think of John Lewis's choice to write this memoir through the graphic novel medium? Uh, can you think of any specific benefits or maybe issues with doing it this way? genius it's genius because you can read about violence and words on a page Mm -hmm. they're all determined upon your imagination yeah and it's very easy to read things and just sort of like for instance right uh rue getting stabbed in a spear in the hunger games Mm -hmm. my imagination doesn't put a ton of blood doesn't put like her guts into it doesn't put like you know, my imagination doesn't do my imagination doesn't do that. It's it's it helps me through it by creating a kinder it's a terrifying image, but a kinder image. And I think making this into a graphic novel where the violence is right there, the fear is right there, the hate is right there in their eyes and you can see it plain mm-hmm. as day is genius. I yeah. it was so hard for me to read and I took my time with the art, um, but I thought the art was so important to the story. Yeah. I agree. I mean, it kind of gives you, like, this visceral reaction when you're, like, seeing these people get beat, like, hit with, like, you know, like, metal poles in the head. And, yeah, all, you know, just, it, it, yeah, I, I agree. I think it was much more Im- impactful in a different way with it being in the graphic novel format. And I think 
it it opens it up to a younger audience too. You know, um, I've heard some people are are actually starting to use this in classrooms to help you know teach their kids about the civil rights movement. Um, I, I feel like the only issue I can think of is people being snooty, like older people being like, well, I don't read graphic novels. That's for kids mm-hmm. or whatever. Um, but in the end, I think this is more for the younger generation, right? To, to learn and to not let things go back to how they were or not to be complacent. Yeah, I would agree with that. The other, the, I, I think I agree that connecting with the images just helps you connect with the emotions. And the only thing that I wished um, were different was there were some pages where I wish we would have gotten like a little bit of like splashes of color. Yeah, that would have been nice throughout the story to let just to add to some of the I thought that was really purposeful. I I thought the fact that it was in black and white was extremely purposeful. And um, yeah, I'm, you know, it was so, I don't know. I I was good with it. Um, I think obviously some of those pages would have been beautiful in color. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, But I, 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 I really understand the reasoning for that. Um, And and I like the reasoning for it. Uh, I want to go back to something Mare said, because I don't know if you guys remember after Stanley died, Bill Mayer came out and kind of said that adults who read comic books are basically trash. Um, you know, okay. it was like, uh, uh, no, yeah, it was, I was like, wow, dude, like the weekend after Stanley died, it was basically like all these people care. How, why do they care about this guy? And I was like, man, you are just, this is just not for you. And that's how I feel about, you know, a, a, Adults, we're adults, but you know how people. If, if people say you know comic books aren't a real medium, if you want to be close-minded and choose that view, then that's your choice. But you're missing out on some phenomenal storytelling mm-hmm. if, if that is your choice. Well, um, and I think that's why it was such a big deal. This won the National Book Award, right? right? Yeah. Like that is saying that this is literature. This is yeah. important. Yeah. I mean, if you, this is, I think this is phenomenal. Um, Mouse is, oh, Mouse uh, is so Mouse incredible. Is so incredible. Uh, there is so many phenomenal, phenomenal graphic novels with amazing stories. And yeah, I mean, I guess you could stick your head in the sand and be Bill Mayer, but I wouldn't want to be. <laughs> That's my personal opinion. <laughs> Now, so within, uh, so obviously Tara brought this up a little bit, but with, within the books, we get sprinklings of going into, uh, what, 2009 mm-hmm. for the uh, first inauguration of President Barack Obama. And so what, what do you think that brought to the story, having it kind of go back and forth in time with the civil rights and then him in pretty much current time? I mean, it was, you know, a few years after that he wrote these, but more or less present day with that inauguration. I love how it draws the line, like that draws the connection from the movement to the impact the movement has and how it, you know, there's, there's still problems happening. There's still things that Mm -hmm. there's still work to be done, but I love how he can draw like really solid connections between a statement that is being made in front of him in 2009 and a statement or an event 
back in the 1960s. And I think it also underlines the fact that this wasn't that long ago. Teaching kids yeah. today, um, because right now we happen to be doing, um, you know, we happen to be doing um, Dear Martin in one of my classes. And Oh, that's yeah, awesome. And so we have been talking about the civil rights movement and trying to give kids a civil rights background um, because we're doing it with our freshmen who haven't had the high school American history yet. So trying to give them that background, I realize how many kids today don't realize that this was, you know, this was like practically yesterday that this happened. Yeah. Right. Yeah. It it happened before I was born. And, you know, I still think it was like, it was just, but happened like five minutes before. I was born like right I mean like my parents were like tweens when this first started you know yeah so they weren't old enough to necessarily be activists but they're old enough to remember it yeah exactly and that's to me it was less than I think all of the some of the stuff was happening less than 20 years before I was born and it is crazy to me that we think that it was so long ago yeah Mm -hmm. it it wasn't it was not I think the other thing it does is it's able to bookend on hope. Yes. I, I, I think if you end on where his story ends, uh, where, where he ends his story, um, it, there's still so much work to do at that point. Like, it's yeah. still so clear. There's so much work to do. And I think being able to end on President Obama's inauguration shows that the work continued And that it produced Mm -hmm. something phenomenal, you know, Um, and it does, it it ends on this amazing, hopeful moment. Yeah. I think that's great. It is. I I do have to say it's been a different experience because I read the first two books a few years ago when President Obama was still the current president. And so reading it now has it was kind of a gut punch if I'm being honest. Like I got very emotional during those scenes. Yeah. And um yeah, I was like, baby come back. <laughs> you know, <laughs> we miss you. <laughs> uh, um but I, I do agree it is it is still hopeful. But I mean it's almost more important to read stories like this in times like these yeah. than it is to read it in times Everything's just great and dandy. Right? We're feeling great about it. Um, I I, I think to remind ourselves that these sorts of issues don't just have a bow. It's true. And you wrap it Mm -hmm. up and you put it in a corner. You're like, well, that, we finished that. It's never finished. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. That's done. It's never finished. This type of work is is a work that humanity is going to be doing for forever. And, Mm -hmm. um, I think reading it now helps sort of re-energize that fight, you know? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that it it's important in all times. Yeah. Yes. I, I have been saying that a lot recently. That It's more important to do stuff like this in times where you are frustrated, where you, where you need the hope, honestly, is yeah. more important. Yeah, I agree. Uh, so it, the first book starts when he is a child, 
and we get to see him growing up on the farm and taking care of the little chickens and everything. So what do you feel like having his childhood perspective added? Like, what did that add to the overall narrative? I love that. I love seeing where he's coming from, seeing how he applies the things that he learned as a kid to what he grows up to do. Mm -hmm. How, you know, he... You know, he starts off wanting to be a preacher and he practices by preaching to chickens. So and he cute. moves on. <laughs> so cute. But he moves on to giving like these speeches to hundreds and thousands of people. Like there's, you know, you can, again, you draw these lines from him practicing as a kid for something that ended up becoming his entire life. Mm-hmm. You know, let. Last episode, we briefly talked about how class plays into diversity. And mm-hmm. I think being able to show... If you just started this when he joined the movement in college, you might have assumed that... That he, he had came some sort of privilege. From an affluent... Or... Yeah, there's some mm-hmm. privilege. He came from some affluent neighborhood um, and that, you know, he had money to go to college. So that's what he did. But starting it from when he was a kid, you see that it could not be the more opposite. He had to fight yeah. Even his own family, you know, to to do what he knew he needed to do. Yeah. Um, and I think that that is an inspiring story in and of itself. It is. Yeah. You know, during during the times of harvest when his parents were like, look, you got to stay home and help. And he would hide under <laughs> he the ran away to hide and, and would to run school. to the bus. Who runs away That's, to school? It's so good. Right. It's, it's so amazing. great. Um, but and it, how he it still shows. remembers his... Um, his librarian's name, how important she was to them. And, and that one panel where she's just like, children, read, read everything. Everything. Yeah. Yes. Um, so and good. I also really liked the, um, the part where his, I guess it was his uncle came down and took him up north for the summer. And I, what, Ohio? Right. Uh-huh. And um, yeah. so, you know, obviously seeing the trip and how different it was for African-Americans in that time to even travel, but then for him to go and see an integrated area of the country and just how traveling can really open your eyes to new experiences, uh, I think was really interesting. Yeah, that was a great part. Mm-hmm. The fact that they wouldn't stop while they were in the South. They like they yeah. packed their own food and would not stop. Mm-hmm. Um, I can't remember. I don't know where I was reading it, but I think it was called The Green Book, where like yeah. African-Americans published a book saying these are places that you can stop along these roads that are safe yeah. for you. Yeah. They made a movie, if you haven't watched it. I haven't. Um, I yeah. do remember seeing something about it. But uh, yeah, like just things that us as white people would never even have to think about. Like, what do you mean? I have to like plan out where I can stop for my safety. Like, you just know, to like, use the bathroom, like right. not stop to sleep. Just right. Stop to use the restroom. Like that's mm-hmm. gas. Ugh. Right. Um, exactly. The fact that getting yeah. gas was a harrowing and scary prospect. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So what are some things that you've learned because of these books? Like any specific things that stick out to you? All the different um, organizations. I knew there were multiple organizations, but I didn't know much about them. I I obviously Mm -hmm, knew about the NAACP. And I knew there was a student movement. Um, But those were the only two I'd heard of. And I didn't know the student movement's name off the top Mm -hmm. of my head until this book. Mm -hmm. 
I didn't real I, I didn't yeah. So that was interesting. Learning all about the players and who they were and his shout outs and why they were getting shout outs. I, I thought that was really uh interesting to learn. Also again I mentioned it before, but the voting thing was a big yeah. eye opener for me. Exactly. Because yeah. um, what in book two, it said in Mississippi, only 5% of eligible black voters were registered. I really, like, it's really hard for me not to scream when I hear <laughs> stuff like that. Um, yeah. It, it, um, yeah. It, with, uh, like, you know, we've been talking about like holes in our, you know, gaps in our knowledge. Hearing some of these, um, the, the names of these organizations, but also understanding how they interact because like mm-hmm. you when you think about organizations that are you know they all want the same thing right we all want desegregation or something like that you assume that uh, you you assume that everybody's kind of in sync in harmony but there were also like disagreements within the organizations and some organizations had different priorities than others and seeing some of the names just different people's names that were involved that I didn't know about because they weren't some of the big, big names like Martin Luther King or Rosa Parks. Like mm-hmm. just getting some of those names was a real eye opener. And I did spend at least one afternoon just Googling and Wikipediaing a lot of different names from this book. That's awesome. That's awesome. Yeah. yeah. So I agree. I found it interesting to see the the different organizations and how yeah it wasn't all like kumbaya all the time <laughs> and how they they did have some spats and yeah. um one one quote that i wrote down from book 2 um or no uh, sorry this one was in book 1 uh it said Thurgood Marshall was a good man, but listening to him speak convinced me more than ever that our revolt was as much against the traditional black leadership structure as it was against segregation and discrimination. And it was, it was, it was interesting to see how his organization interacted with Martin Luther King's, you know, how sometimes they came together, how sometimes they had disagreements. Um, Let's see. Like I said, I didn't I don't think I learned about the Freedom Rides, like what that really meant and how how bloody that got too. Um yeah. it, for something that was already a law. Like that that that's what's <laughs> yeah. like was making my brain hurt so much through all of this. Like they were just standing up for the rights that they were supposed to already have, you know? Yeah. Um uh. <laughs> Yeah. And because we've been doing the civil rights stuff in my class, um, different teachers have been looking up different states and how long it took to actually outlaw segregation in schools in different states. And it's crazy to me how many states took well into the 60s for a law that was passed in 1954. Oh, yeah. Including the state I live in. So, And, and, and that's, yeah. if that job. was, you know, just because it's a law on the books – does yeah. not mean it was done in practice. And I yeah. think there's still places today in the United States that have what is essentially a white school and a black school. Yep. Yeah, that's true. And that, that's due to um, property lines and that's due to class and that's due to a lot of things. But it is purposeful. Yes. It's absolutely yeah. purposeful. Mm-hmm. And yeah, we can't pretend it's still not a thing. It's true. Yeah, it is true. It's it's irritating. <laughs> like it actually <laughs> to makes me say angry. the least. 
Yes, I'm trying to like underscore that I'm getting really <laughs> what that you're not going to get off this podcast and go to your punching bag and be like, I hate. <laughs> no, I love. I choose love because John Lewis told me to. Good for you, Jeanette. <laughs> Uh, so some other stuff I thought was interesting in book three was uh, the freedom vote that they set up to kind of give people the opportunity that was to, to so see what, cool. right to see what voting was like, and to also dramatize the exclusion of how many people were not how many African Americans were not a part of the electoral process, but to also give them the empowering feeling of making choice, yeah, yeah. and having the having power of choice. I think that that. I don't I don't remember who came up with that idea. They did mention in the book. I don't remember who it was anymore, and I feel really bad about it. I'm going to look it back up after this podcast. But such a phenomenal idea. Mm-hmm. So good. It, um, it was a great idea, and it's interesting because it's something that we do for students, like something that teachers do for students now, right. today. And it's like, but they had to do it for adults because these adults had never had that experience. Yeah. And it's both, like, super empowering and super, like, inspiring and, and super sad. It's right. Like they should have had this experience and they mm-hmm. had the right to this experience. Right. Yeah. And another thing that stuck out to me that I just had never kind of connected the dots on was the assassination of President Kennedy and how that could have derailed oh, yeah. so much of their work. Um, I just had not, you know, I guess I hadn't really thought about the timing of everything. But when I got to that point, I was like, I felt like my stomach dropped and I was like, oh my gosh, you know. So much of their work had been along with him and kind of with promises of things in the future. And huh. and then it was just pulled out from them. Yeah. When my father discusses his childhood, um, he went, he dragged his mother when he was like 11 to his first protest. Oh my, my dad's gosh. always been, my dad's that of kid. Of course he and did. so he, he birthed <laughs> me and I am that kid. <laughs> so like, um, uh, it's, it's sort of fun. But um he talks about how it all sort of happened at once. He mm-hmm. felt that in his youth, that sort of the riots and the assassination, it all just sort of compounds onto each other. It compounded onto his, onto his other and his, his childhood. And um, he was like, it was a nutty decade. He, 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 right. he, so I wasn't surprised to see it there because I've had those discussions Mm-hmm. with my father, but to see how closely those groups were working with the administration. Mm-hmm. I don't think I understood that yeah. really before this book. And then what, during this time was also like all of the, like, what was it? The red scare, like, Oh, communism, blah, blah, oh, yeah. you know? And so like, communism. and how much of that, how much of that got pulled in as an excuse to be like, Oh no, they're just being communists, even though they're literally just asking for their basic rights that were already law. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So yeah. do you have any specific images or, you know, panels from the books that stuck out to you? Yes. That kid. That kid where the mother, was, the mother and the father were like, get his eyes. Yes. That's that one. Terrifying. Oh, my gosh. That he was, like, so me. scary. That, that, that poor boy, those crazy parents, the, the like, like. Can you imagine a little child coming for your eyes? Like just the, it was so, I don't know why it's that one image, but it's that one image. For me. No, but that is, that's, he has that a is psychotic an psychotic look in his eyes in that scene too. Yeah, like, it was like it's it's feral. It goes from, <clears throat> it goes from him not quite being in, like not quite knowing what to do. When you see, first see the kid, he's a little bit like, what, what's going on? 
And then he becomes this feral monster. And it's... Yeah, yeah it's in book two. Yeah. yeah. And it's that during, was during the, what, the bus. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It, and I think it shows that, you know, hate is taught. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's not. Um, for me, one of them in book one was during the sit-ins and the protesters get locked into a restaurant where they turned on the fumigation machines. That was awful. And, like, we're literally sitting in, like, poisonous gas. Yeah. I, I, yeah. Yeah. The one that I found most chill. So there, there was one that I found, like, incredibly chilling. Um, and then there was one that, like, I found emotional and inspiring. So the one that I found chilling was when they are being surrounded by the KKK. Yes. And, and it's and they, just, like, the outlines of their hoods standing it's outside. It's just their hoods surrounding oh, them. And it's, like, <sighs> it sends that that scene and the scene where they, um, the panel where they're, the three volunteers are being pulled over as they mm. drive down to participate in Freedom Summer. Those two just left chills on my spine. They were so yeah. scary to me. Yeah. But the one that, like... I'm going to go back and like have a happy one too. Um, the one that I found like emotional inspiring is when they are coming over the bridge, when they are marching and they're coming over the bridge and you just kind of see like the whole crowd and they're about to be stopped and they're like, let's pray. And then it's like a crowd of people like kneeling down to pray together. Yeah. And I think mm-hmm. some of the, those are some of the images that I kind of wish had been in color some of these like images of the crowds to kind of emphasize the like the strength of the crowds and mm-hmm. yeah yeah i agree um all of those stood out to me as well and one that i think was in, an interesting contrast was with aretha franklin singing my country tizavi during barack obama's mm-hmm. inauguration and then it had mm-hmm. all of the little <clears throat> pictures from that freedom ride uh, brawl, I guess you could yeah. call it. Um, yeah, just seeing seeing those pitted against each other yeah. was was really interesting. Yeah. Well, I think that about does it for us. Uh, hmm. Did you like it? And would you ever recommend this series to anyone? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yes, loved it, recommend it, have recommended it, have done nothing but recommend it since I've read this book. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, I really liked it. This was actually my second time reading through the trilogy, and both times I kind of like just blew through it. I could, I just would put one down and pick up the next one immediately. Um, and I don't recommend books often to people. I'm not a big book recommender unless you like come asking for a recommendation to me, but this is one that I recommend to people all the time. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to figure out how I can get my students to read it because we just it's just so important to get more kids to read it would be amazing. Definitely. Uh yeah, I loved it and yeah, same thing. I ended up just recommending it a couple days ago to one of my coworkers and um she's African American and her son is like 16 and I was like get these for him. You know, because he's, like, really interested in learning about history and everything. I was like, please pick these up. Yeah. I keep a couple volumes in my classroom, and sometimes people pick them up. So That's awesome. Yeah. That's good. All right. Well, next month at the end of March, we are going to be reading... The Witcher, Blood of Elves. So uh, I haven't actually watched the show yet, but from what I've heard, (laughs) this 
the the show is based on some short stories, so I think the book will still be a little different than the show. So this picks up literally right after season one of the show ends. Interesting. Oh, interesting. So I would I would almost recommend to read the short stories first or to mm-hmm. watch the show because you'll have a much better understanding of who is doing what and why. If you interesting that. Interesting. Um, so that again is The Witcher: Blood of Elves by Andrzej Sapkowski, maybe Sapkowski. I think Sapkowski. Oh, okay. Andrzej Sapkowski. There we go. So hey, we're getting in a translated book. Yeah. Woo. Yes. So, in to find out more, if you need a link to The Blood of Elves or any of the books that we talked about today. You can look on eclecticreaders.fireside.fm slash 76 for our show notes. And you can also come and find us on the internet. Uh, you can find us as a podcast on Goodreads, Litzy, and Instagram. Insta- I can say this word. Instagram at Eclectic Readers. <laughs> and on Twitter at Eclectic Read Pod. And you can find us individually as well. Tara, where are, pe- where are you for people to find you on the internet? You can find me at Goodreads and Twitter under my name, Tara Newman, T-A-R-A-N-E-W-M-A-N. What about you, Mare? So you can find me on Instagram, Twitter, Litzy, and Goodreads under Mare the Book Gal, M-E-R-E-T-H-E-B-O-O-K-G-A-L. And you can find me on Goodreads and Litzy at J-M-T-R-I-V-E-R-A, J-M-T Rivera, and on Twitter at Dr. Jeanette. D-R-J-E-A-N-N-E-T-T-E. Make sure you subscribe in your favorite podcatcher so you never miss an episode. Rate and review us on Apple Podcasts so other people can come and find our episodes and talk about books with all of us. And I think we're done here, so let's shelve this until next month. Bye. 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 Bye.